This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, 21. welcome. 21. To the show. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. 21. Presented by Progressive Insurance. 21. <laughs> Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN 2. 21. ESPN U. 21. <laughs> ESPN app. She is Michelle Smallman. She took up all of our makeup time. He is Chris Canty. I did not get makeup this morning. And I am Evan Cohen. I have a dab. <laughs> not like, like that kind of okay. thing. But I have a dab of makeup is on. Is the dab right. still cool? Not no, what no. I just did. Oh. It wasn't. No, the, the dab is not cool. No. Okay, okay. No, we're going to let that go. Oh, it's whatever so they did with my let's makeup, let that, I Let's like leave it, that actually. in the 2010s. Oh. 21. There we go. All right. All right <laughs> Very well 21. done. 21. Very well 21. done. Uh, we had uh, two Monday Night Football games last night, if you're still asleep from those. Um, <laughs> what happened? I mean, we're going to get to the Nick Chubb stuff, and there's serious stuff to talk about, obviously. But the Saints and the Panthers, Saints win 20-17. to Pittsburgh and Cleveland, 26-22. Pittsburgh wins um, at home. I thought the broadcast teams were actually unbelievable. Not actually, unbelievable last night. Buck and Aikman, obviously A+. Yes. But Fowler, Orlovsky, Lou Riddick yeah. out of nowhere? Just dominant. They were all and 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 um, the sideline reporters, Laura Rutledge and Lisa Salters. Wow, I love that watching. Was a hell of a I night. love watching the games where Dano was coloring because he's essentially breaking it down while it's happening in real time. Like he's telling you, based on the formation, based on the set, based on the coverage that the defense is showing, where the football should go in the passing game. He is one of the best when it comes to analyzing the game and making sure that he communicates it in a way where everybody can understand it. So I, I I loved the broadcast teams for both of the games last night. They did a tremendous job. The one thing that I would say, though, is I don't need the, the double box on the ABC broadcast. Oh, I'm all set wrong. on that. I don't need the double box, man. I'm good on that. You're anti-red-zoning it? No, no, I'm not saying anti-red zone, but I only want it when I want it, if that makes sense. <laughs> I, only, I, that about you. I, only want, I only want it when I want it. So if you've got the game on ABC, you've got the game on ESPN and ESPN2, why not have the double box on ESPN2? Put the double box on the dues. Let the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers game stay on ABC, and then let the Saints Carolina Panthers stay on ESPN. That was my only complaint about how we did what we did with the Monday Night Doubleheader last night. So you want to choose it, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, I want to choose it. I want to choose it. If you don't get chose, you need to stay over there in the corner. <laughs> I want to choose it. That's me. See, and I'm like, thank you for taking it out of my hands. Thank yeah. you for making the choice for me. Well, I think the one thing that was bad, though, was the actual football. I mean, that oh, was not terrible. ideal, especially. I mean, the Carolina-New Orleans game was a little rough in terms of some of the, the play. Um, but the story of the night is obviously this horrible injury to Nick Chubb, the running back uh, for the Cleveland Browns. He's now done for the season per Kevin Stefanski, the head coach. Minka Fitzpatrick goes in, tackles him. I know I saw the Browns fans last night on Twitter going crazy about this in terms of uh, the injury and the possibility of a dirty hit. I didn't think so personally because I'm just not sure where you're supposed to go if you're not supposed to go low on this. Uh, Nick Chubb also may be the most liked athlete I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I, I've ne- I, I couldn't believe it. Guys get hurt all the time, sadly. Mm-hmm. You don't see everyone saying, I can't believe this guy. It stinks for this guy. And kudos to ESPN. Obviously, we are biased. But... I think they did the right thing on the broadcast, not showing the replay. We showed the replay on the TV side. We didn't show the gruesome nature of the replay. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did the right thing. Now, I got to be honest. 
I'm not a glutton for, for punishment, but when I saw this play, I didn't see what everybody was saying about how gross it was, and then I did see it on social media, and I'm like, okay, one and done. I don't need to see it again. Yeah, it was absolutely awful, and I, I was just thinking about what happened last year when dealing with the DeMar Hamlin injury and the Tua uh, concussion situation. Like those, those were the times where you saw the NFL world and sports fans collectively gasp and say, man, we really feel bad for this individual. And we all know what the kind of player Nick Chubb is. He's an all-pro running back. He's second to Derrick Henry only in rushing yards since 2018. He's one of five players to have eight rushing touchdowns or more in each of his first five seasons. And on that list is Emmitt Smith, LaDainian Tomlinson, Jim Brown. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible. And, and, And so... For Nick Chubb to not have an opportunity to put his imprint on this season, but beyond that, thinking about the context and and the injury history that he's had, the same knee injury that he had in Georgia, having to deal with that again, it it just – it's one of those that you you feel really, really bad for him, your heart goes out to him, and you just hope that he's able to recover and get on the other side of this yet again because it's really tough – from a mental standpoint, oh, yeah. to, to hang in there and to have to go through that rehab process once again. Absolutely. And here we are two Tuesdays in a row, and the biggest story coming out of Monday Night Football is terrible injuries yeah. to Nick Chubb and to Aaron Rodgers. And it humanizes these athletes. A lot of times we tend to look at them as just the numbers on the back of the jersey. You always say, Evan, that CC is 99 to a lot of people and not Chris Canty. But I think we're looking at Nick Chubb as a person. We looked at Aaron Rodgers as a person. And it's just really unfortunate that he is dealing with this and sending him all the best and hoping for a speedy recovery. But in addition to Nick Chubb getting injured last night, we also got the word about Saquon Barkley getting injured. So another conversation emerging about running backs and why they worked so diligently this offseason to have those conversations about their financial future. Yeah, and that's exactly why Jonathan Taylor is fighting tooth and nail to get his financial future secured with the Indianapolis Colts or someone else if he gets traded. But in talking about both of those situations with Saquon and Nick Chubb, they both have quarterbacks that are paid toward the top of the market. And Deshaun Watson in particular, with all of the baggage that he came to Cleveland with, it's going to be time for him to step up. And he's got to be a lot better than what he showed last night. Because you can't have your quarterback going out there and having multiple turnovers and then on top of that have multiple personal fouls. The Cleveland Browns have nobody to blame but themselves in terms of losing that game last night. Now, I don't want to take credit away from where credit is due with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Cleveland made a lot of critical mistakes. Four total turnovers, allowing two defensive scores, and you had eight penalties for 81 yards, including three personal fouls. That is just unacceptable. And right now, you have to point to Deshaun Watson and say, when is this organization going to get the return on investment? Mm. They're committed to him. They gave him the $230 million in guaranteed money. But now it's time for Deshaun Watson to show and prove why they committed and made that big of a swing amidst all the controversy in order to get a quarterback of his ilk in that franchise. Yeah, let's dive into that for a second. Because if you think about what happened here, let's just talk about the less important stuff, the football right, in comparison to the real-life stuff. They altered the QB market forever. Mm-hmm. By, by giving him that contract, every contract since then has been impacted by Deshaun Watson. Not their concern, right? Like, they don't care if the Eagles are going to pay Jalen Hurts more because they're paying Deshaun Watson. Yep. But what they said was, in order for us to get a guy that we think this is the only way we can get a guy at that position, we have to guarantee him every cent of it. Five years, $230 million. He's already in, what, year two of that contract. Year one, he plays in six games, was not very good. 
He's played in two games so far. The first game, they had a much better second half than they did the first half, but we're learning now the Bengals are not really the Bengals because Joe Burrow's banged up. So, all right, take that with a grain of salt. But, yeah, you're supposed to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. In this game last night, he starts the game with the pick six, and he ends the game, in essence, um, you know, down 22 or up 22-19 with a strip sack fumble return for a touchdown. Alex Highsmith on both of them, and then T.J. Watt with the return for a touchdown. Side yep. note, is T.J. Watt going to finish with a better career than his brother? It's not that crazy to throw out there. No, it's not. It's on a total side note there. No, it's not. And that is a bold statement, but also not not crazy simultaneously. I mean, we are not far away from the Browns fans turning on Deshaun Watson for football reasons. There are Browns fans that have turned on him for non-football reasons. He is giving them football reasons to turn on him right now, and I... I don't understand what happened to this guy because, th- and this is where you have to look at. Oh, he had a year off, less wear and tear. Look at Le'Veon Bell. Took that year off with the holdout. Was I know it's not apples to apples. It's not. But CC, I don't know that guys like you can take years off. I think you. Ha- I think you have to play every year. Well, listen, the position has a longer runway, a longer shelf life than most in the NFL. I mean, Michael Vick went to jail for two years, came back, and was a Pro Bowler. So I mean, like, like, like I, it's going to take some time for Deshaun Watson to round into the form that we saw him in Houston once upon a time. But it's getting around that time where we need to start seeing more glimpses of it. We need to start seeing more consistency from him. And the thing that bothers me the most about what happened last night was just how anemic the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense was. I mean, outside of a couple of big throws to George Pickens, their offense was was non-existent. I mean, their defense had to be their offense as well. And so if you're Deshaun and you're seeing that on the other side, rule number one is do no harm. Don't, don't put the ball at risk. Don't, don't put your team and your defense in bad situations. Take care of the football. Sustain drives, even if it's a matter of using your legs to extend the down, using your legs to convert for first downs. That's the approach that you have to take. But putting the ball in harm's way the way he did last night at certain times and then on top of that killing drives with penalties, well, unsportsmanlike conducts, that's just completely unacceptable. The one where he's stiff-arming Quan Alexander and then he grabs his face mask and throws him down on the sideline, that's completely uncalled for, and that's unbecoming conduct of a quarterback. The quarterback position by nature is a leadership spot, and you would expect that Deshaun Watson would take that seriously, especially with a franchise that's clearly trying to shift the culture given the kind of commitment that they made to him. But is he going to be able to be that person to shift the culture? As I'm watching this game last night, I just keep thinking, if this does not work out for Cleveland, this oh, is this is oh, God. <laughs> what arguably the worst chapter in a history of bad decisions. I mean, we talked to Tom Waddle yesterday about Justin Fields and the Bears. Think about how starved the Bears fans are for a quarterback and then compound that at the Cleveland Browns and their fans. Historically, what do we think about with the Cleveland Browns? The factory of sadness. If they went out and gave Deshaun Watson, who had all these off-field issues, all of this guaranteed money, Mm. and it doesn't work out, we're going to be talking about this as one of the worst decisions in the history of football. I think it's a very very good point, and it's a very interesting compare and contrast because what Tommy from ESPN1000, Tom Waddle said, former Bear, was they were hoping that Fields was the guy. Cleveland was convinced that Watson was the guy because there was a proof of concept. Yeah, everybody was convinced that Deshaun Watson was a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Not anymore. Not anymore. anymore. Not anymore. (laughs) And then on top of that, you got to deal with all of the baggage that comes along with Deshaun. So it's not a a great place to be if you're Cleveland right now. It's not a great place to be if you're Kevin Stefanski Mm -hmm. and you're Andrew Berry, their general manager. You lose a locker room leader in Nick Chubb. And now the lion's share of that responsibility, that leadership void, that vacuum – 
Deshaun Watson's going to have to fill it. So, so do you have confidence that he's going to be the guy that can do that? Because ultimately, that's going to decide whether or not your job gets saved for the 2024 season. Like That's what's at stake right now for the Cleveland Browns. I couldn't believe this when I looked this up this morning, Evan, but the Cleveland Browns have only won back-to-back games three times over the last two years. Three times. Oh, my gosh. They've only won back-to-back games three times over the last two years. Three times. They feel better than that. Hammer Hammer from ESPN Cleveland had it right when he came on with us. Aaron Goldhammer, ESPN Cleveland. He's great. He said, the Browns are not used to prosperity. They're just not. Browns fans aren't used to it, and clearly the players in the organization aren't used to it. There was no reason from a talent standpoint that Cleveland should have lost that game to the Pittsburgh Steelers last night. They shouldn't have. Now, we, we give credit where credit is due to Mike Tomlin because he you. always finds a way thank to get you. some of those wins every single year. But there is no— I don't no, know why I'm saying thank the, you for Mike Tomlin, no, but, but he's well, great. He because you're yesterday. always caping for Mike Tomlin, yeah. Yeah. and I appreciate that. But there's no reason that Cleveland should have lost that game last no. night from a talent standpoint. No. Uh, coming up, we're going to hear from Deshaun Watson because I think the whole nature of the Browns now changes. He actually wasn't the guy. Now he has to be the guy. Can he be the guy? Plus, one of the hottest takes of the NFL season— Maybe someone was onto something about the hot take of the NFL season. We'll get to that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. I used to hate this song when I played for the Ravens. I, would under, I understand <laughs> sure. that. I hated this song. I'm sure. I hated this song. I mean, if there's ever hate that's necessary, I yeah. get it. Yeah, we in the club. Turn that off. We're not listening to that. <laughs> Turn that off, DJ. We're not listening Wait. to that. Wait. Okay, it is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I need to ask a follow-up on Go this. Go ahead. So you're with the Ravens. This is Wiz Khalifa for those listening. Yeah. And, right? He, black and yellow. It's about Pittsburgh. All the colors of Pittsburgh. Penguins, Pirates, and the Steelers, all black and yellow. Yeah. Would a Baltimore DJ... Have the guts to play that? Well, first of all, I'm not going to a club in Baltimore. We were going to clubs in D.C. And so, Okay, yes. would a D.C. Ah. DJ? Yes, a D.C. DJ would play black and yellow in the club. And we would promptly tell him to turn that off. Turn that bleep off. Excuse me. Yeah. Somebody knocking on the door in here? What's no. small, that's Smalls knocking. <laughs> I'm like, that's I, I love knocking. the open door policy. It's my wooden box that I have to stand on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can we have a house guest? Right. Come on in. <laughs> that would actually be. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, exactly. People knock on the door and come in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Nick Chubb injury <laughs> last night is the biggest uh, story from the two games with the Steelers evening their record at 1-1. One and one. Browns are 1-1. One and one. Saints are 2-0. and oh. Carolina 0-2 oh with their win, 20-17. We have three 2-0 teams in the NFC South, just as we all anticipated. <laughs> uh, you know, the yeah. best division of football all of a sudden. And Deshaun Watson, after the game, on how he felt he played. 
far as my part, it's not good enough. Um, you know, I, I put that on me. Uh, you know, the, the first play, yeah, we can, you know, get into the te- tactics of, you know, receiver running out and putting the ball out and, you know, this at the third. But, you know, I got to give him a better ball. Um, you know, the, 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 the forced fumble for a touchdown for them, uh, you know, we can say this, this guy can do this, but I got to protect the ball. Uh, we're not going to put it on anyone else. You put it on me. Uh, I can take the full blame. I can take the criticism, um, and I'm going to do that. And uh, I told everyone in our offense, the whole team, I'm going to do better for this team, for this organization, so we can win games like that. And, um, and I'm fine with taking the criticism, and, and I will be better. Okay, so uh, yes, agreed, uh, Deshaun Watson. Here's the thing. And Troy Aikman pointed this out on Monday Night Football last night uh, with Joe Buck on ESPN. This offense was actually built around Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. not Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Now that Nick Chubb is out, if they start to build it on the fly around Deshaun Watson, do we think he can actually handle it? Yeah, I think he can handle it. It's going to be more of the spread concepts, what we saw in Houston and an extension of what we saw him in college at Clemson. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's something that's going to be an outlier in terms of him being able to produce. I just wonder how it impacts everybody else on the team. How does it impact that offensive line? Because – in essence, it's Cleveland leaning away from what their identity has been for right. the last three years. Their offensive line has been able to be big, be physical, control the trenches, and now you're asking them to be in drop-back situations, and that's not something that they've majored in. Like, think about this. If you're that offensive line, you're doing a lot better going forward than you are going backwards. You have an opportunity to be aggressive. You have an opportunity to change the line of scrimmage. I don't know that that's something that everyone else on that offense is going to be able to adjust to. Now, they have the skill position players to do it. They've got Amari Cooper. They've got Donovan Peoples-Jones. They've got Elijah Moore. They've got David Njoku. They've got enough pass catchers to open up the set and do it. It's just a matter of can that offensive line adjust on the fly and, oh, by the way, with Jack Conklin out and have a rookie in Dewan Jones at right tackle, how is, how is he? Yeah, he's a <laughs> massive human being. Six, eight, three, three. Exactly. How, how, is, how is that going to play in terms of exposing them in that regard? So that would be my only concern. I think Deshaun Watson can handle it. The skill players can handle it. Can that offensive line handle it being you know, a team, being an offense that majors in drop at? I'm not so sure he can. And I know he looked better week one than he has in a long time. But when's the last time we've seen Deshaun Watson consistently be great? Two, three, almost three, three years. Three, four years, yeah. Three, four years ago. It's been a long time. And I know he's got the physical skill set to do it, but we haven't seen it in action consistently in a long time. Last year, he was in the games that he played, he was statistically one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And I know he was dealing with a lot off the field. He was thrown into a situation where he hadn't played football in a while. He was trying to get recalibrated. But I'm not ready to say that I think Deshaun Watson can be the guy to elevate those around him until I see him do it. Because it's been a long time. I think that's beyond fair. He's played eight games for the Browns. Nine touchdowns, seven interceptions. So the other game last night, Saints and the Panthers. The Saints win 20-17. to 17, Clunky game. Chris yeah. Olave was excellent, I thought, for the Saints. But so was Mikey Thomas, too, yeah, who feels it, like he's all the way back. Yeah, seven catches for him. That was a him. great catch on the sideline, too. They had to re- review it. and he ends a up, great ends up, wide receiving I mean, I'm telling you, man, the Saints, the, uh, Juwan Johnson, that tight end, I mean, they, they've got some players down there now. And so that's one of the teams that we have to watch out for. I know we've got three teams that are all that are 2-0 and in the NFC South. But they're the only team that feels like a real 2-0. and 
I don't know that I'm buying into the Bucks, and I'm certainly not buying into the Atlanta Falcons just yet. But the New Orleans Saints, with the way that they play defense, they've gone 10 straight games holding opponents under 20 points. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. So now that you have competent quarterback play in Derek Carr mm. and you've got a defense that can pressure the passer, th- this is going to be a tough out for some teams. That's where I'm not 100% sold on the Derek Carr part of it. But one of the biggest hot takes so far in any game broadcast in the NFL, remember Ross Tucker, CBS uh, NFL analyst, great at his job, came out there when he was doing the Saints game week one and he said, about Taysom Hill, he's one of the best football players ever. And everybody's making fun of Ross and going crazy on that. Well, you know what? I actually think Taysom Hill has gone from who's this guy to overrated. I actually think he's underrated now. Taysom, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, because as long as you don't look at him through the prism that he's going to be your franchise quarterback, Taysom Hill last night, one of one, eight yards passing, nine carries, 75 yards, and had a reception. I think this guy is actually really valuable. I would want him on my team. I just don't want him as my quarterback. And I understand in many ways, when you use Taysom Hill like they do, it's out of making up for deficiencies. They don't think they have an elite quarter. Like, you're not taking out Patrick Mahomes for Taysom Hill. That's no. not going to happen. No. It's much easier to take out Derek Carr or Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton for him. But, I mean, he even spotted Drew Brees a little bit. I think Taysom Hill is really valuable. I'd want him on my team. I don't think he's a franchise player, but I think he's actually pretty valuable. No, he's another skill position player, another weapon that the Saints have at their disposal. But I, I just here's the thing. Derek Carr, to me, right now, is the best quarterback in the NFC South. Now, he might not have the stats to back that up. Desmond Ritter and Baker Mayfield seem to have gotten out to better starts. But over the long haul, over a 17-game regular season, I think those guys regress back to the mean. And Derek Carr gets back to what we've seen from him from the majority of his career since he came into the league in 2014. I I think he's going to give them competent quarterback play. But the reason I believe in the Saints is not Derek Carr. It's because of what's around Derek Carr. Last night, that defense pressured Bryce Young on a third of his dropbacks. On a third of it, that's how good they are up front defensively. And then when you look at the players that Derek Carr has to throw the football to, those guys are finally healthy, and they look like they're going to be able to make an impact. So, again, the New Orleans Saints, I think they're going to have something to say about what the NFC playoff picture looks like. I clearly look at them as the favorite to win the NFC South. So do I, but I was – I think we're all surprised about how the division is shaking out. We thought it might be the worst division in football, and you have some teams with some pretty good records. But I wanted to see what you guys thought about Bryce Young. Not not great last night, 153 yards passing in his home debut. I know he's a rookie. It's going to take some time for him to fully bake, but – so far, when I'm watching him, I'm like, I know we knew about the size, but he just looks so small comparatively. Yeah, yeah but he looked like a deer in the headlights against the Falcons, yeah. and it didn't feel that way last night. I felt like he was seeing it better, even though the production isn't exactly what you're looking for. The thing that I worry about with Bryce Young is not whether he can evolve into being a true franchise quarterback. It's whether or not the Carolina Panthers are going to keep him healthy enough where that can actually happen. He's been sacked six times already, but he's been pressured on a third of his dropbacks in both of the first two games that he's played in. I think the last quarterback to go through that was Geno Smith, and look how his career arc went. So it's not exactly what you would want for a guy in terms of creating a situation where he can flourish, where he can develop. Now, he's got a great coaching staff. Down in Carolina between Josh McCown and Jim Caldwell and Frank Reich. Like, he's got all of the people in the building to help him. But that offensive line has got to be a lot better. The protection has got to be a lot better in order for Bryce to reach his full potential. Totally agree. And, you know, everybody was making a big deal about all of the offensive additions that they've made. Miles Sanders coming over from the Eagles. Adam Thielen from the Vikings. Hayden Hurst in the mix. 
cool. That's great. Like, I would love to see five first-round offensive linemen. Like, if I have, I don't want David Carr. Derek's brother with what happened to him with the Houston Texans <laughs> yeah. where they had nobody blocking him and his career basically Well, he got the ended. career knocked out of him, yeah, right? He was right. sacked 76 times in his rookie year. Oh, it doesn't God. excite me to see skill position players when I have a rookie quarterback. What excites me is if I have a rookie quarterback, I want the best possible offensive lineman in front of him. Uh, one hour from now, CC's old head coach, Tom Coughlin, will join Let's us. Let's go! But coming up, will be will we be sour about his power next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It felt tremendous, man. Uh, those those fans are, you know, some of the worst fans in the NFL. The Cardinals blow a 20 to nothing lead and lose to the New York Giants. Throws towards the edge, towards Cortland Sutton. Incomplete. No flags. Game over. Touchdown, Ravens. Nelson Aguilar. Obviously, you don't want to start on two. Not what we're planning on. Not not what you want to do at all. You know, we're going to bounce back. That's what we do. That's all there is to it. And it's all Bills here this afternoon. Knee out of bounds. Tyler Lockett, my hero. Game over. Seahawks win. Now that the dust is settled on week two, it's time for Canty's NFL Power Rankings. Yes, it is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, ESPNU, Sirius XM80, all of our great stations across the country, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Time for power rankings, but of course, we get a top two first. A sour ranking from Michelle Smallman. <laughs> top two sour foods. Uh, coming in at number two, I don't know if you guys have had them, they're very niche. Sour Skittles, outstanding. Ooh, Ooh, Skittles. Better than the sour regular Skittles. Skittles. All right, Marshawn Lynch okay. over there. Better sour than the regular Skittles. Skittles. Is that the green slap. bag? No, I think it's a regular bag. Regular bag. Now, don't they have like the texture on it where it's yes, like, uh, it's the outside see, texture. See, I don't they love. The, I don't love the outside texture. I, I mean, like I, sugar, I, basically yeah, like dried we're, sugar. We're, yeah, I, yeah, I don't love that. Part. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm, big on sour not, candies. Not, not really? Huge. Yeah. All right. What's number one in the sour rankings? Number one, clear cut favorite: Sour Patch watermelons. Obviously. Not Sour Patch Kids, no. Sour Patch Watermelons? Specifically watermelons? the watermelons. They look like little candy watermelons yeah, with the I know, coating but once again. you get halfway through the bag, you're over it. I, <laughs> I don't understand it. Like, I like the, the Sour Patch Kids. I'm on board with it. Now, next level, if you really, really want to go in, take the Sour Patch Kids okay. and mix them 
with the Black Forest gummy bears. Whoa. Change your life. I'm telling you right the now. gummy bears get sugar on yeah, them? Yeah, absolutely. They get a little they sour, too. dried sugar. Exactly, and they're a little soft. I'm telling you, next level, okay. I discovered this. We're smuggling my snacks into the movie theater. Smuggling. Once smuggling my you snacks into the movie theater. You make it sound like you're a criminal. Well, I mean, that's what happens. It's frowned upon yeah, to bring absolutely. in your own snacks. But I did this once upon a time, and I got a Ziploc bag, put my Black Forest gummy bears in there Ooh. with the Sour Patch Kids. Ooh. I'm telling you. It'll change your life. Okay. It's that good. I like mixing like the popcorn and pretzels. Like do yeah. that in a bag and switch it up no. a little bit. Yeah. No, here's oh, the, God. Here's Sorry. the elite. Play. I got a look from Smalls just now. You need also discovered at a movie theater. You need to get the hot popcorn and Reese's Pieces. Mix that up. Game changer. Choc- pop- chocolate with popcorn. It's chocolate. It's peanut butter. It's salty. It's crunchy. It's sweet. It is the ultimate I movie theater. See, snack. I, I don't mind going with like the the Chicago mix popcorn. You know, if you got oh, like a little car- yeah, like Garrett's, a little caramel, little cheese popcorn. Like that's cool. But putting the chocolate in the popcorn, trust me, it trust feels me like it doing. feels like it could be messy. No, now, now my wife Mel, she likes to go with the Twizzlers in the popcorn. Very weird combination. I like that. Love that. Very Love strange. That. Yeah, because the, the the bite is different. So. So it's yeah. like a chewy bite and a crunchy bite. I can understand that. But okay, you're of, all weirdos. Yeah. Just, <laughs> a lot of things discovered recently in our country at theaters, I guess. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, from our sour rankings to our power rankings. And by the way, Sour Patch Watermelon sour, uh, sour Skittles 1 and 2. What do you got with NFL Team CC? All right, so checking in at number 5 is the Kansas City Chiefs. What's understood ain't got to be said. It's Pat Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. Now, in game one, they didn't have Travis Kelsey. They didn't have Chris Jones. So that knocked them down a peg because they... They lost to the Lions to open the season, but they got back to form, got a road win against a team that we all think can be in the conference championship game in the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Kansas City Chiefs are checking in at number five, keeping it pushing. Number four, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, this is a team that's still trying to find their footing with the two new coordinators. Their play callers on both sides of the ball trying to adjust to the personnel. Remember, this is a defense that lost players at all three levels, veteran guys that were key contributors on their Super Bowl run. So they've got to figure that out. But things are not all bad in Philadelphia. They're still second in rushing, which was their bread and butter, their identity, and their defensive front can still get after it. The biggest question I have for the Philadelphia Eagles is their secondary. Right now, they're ranked 31st in the National Football League. That's something that they got got to get figured out. But I'm sure when Reed Blankenship and James Bradbury get healthy, that's going to help the cause. Next. Number three. The Dallas Cowboys. This is a team that leads the NFL in sack differential, in point differential, and they lead the NFL in yards differential. This is – it really is – Oh, excuse me, in turnover margin. Uh, this is a team that that is built off of what they do on the defensive side of the ball. I think a lot of people get enamored with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. We spend a lot of time talking about them, but that's only because those are the question marks. There are no question marks on the defensive side of the ball. Michael Parsons, through the first two weeks, has been the best player in the National Football League. Throw out the stats, turn on the tape, look at his impact on the game. And so I think the Dallas Cowboys – are one of those teams that I sold short of because I didn't trust the head coach and the quarterback. But guess what? No matter what McCarthy and Dak do, it might not matter because the defense is that damn good. Next. Number two. The Miami Dolphins. Put it simply, it's the best offense in the National Football League when two is healthy. That's just what it is. It's the best offense in the NFL when Tua is healthy. This Miami Dolphins team leads the NFL in yards per play. And it's an offense that is tough to defend based on the different innovations, the different play designs that Mike McDaniel comes up with week in and week out. And the old adage in football is, 
You can't teach speed, and they got plenty of it. Between Raheem Mostert and Braxton Berrios, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill, it's a four-by-one relay team. They're not going anywhere. Tua seems like he's turned the corner in terms of finding ways to protect himself and getting the ball out of his hands quickly. So the Miami Dolphins, they lead the NFL in offensive points scored per game, and I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. Number one. The San Francisco 49ers. Now, this is a team that is really, really dynamic when you look at what they've been able to do with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. I just think that a lot of people had questions about how good he could be coming back off of that injury, and I think Brock has answered him through the first two weeks. I had significant questions about the offensive line, but they've been able to control the line of scrimmage. They've run the football really, really well. They're averaging 5.6 yards per rush attempt. 5.6, 5.6, not to mention you've got guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk that, that, that are just explosive. George Kittle is going to come to the party. you got the best fullback in football in Kyle Juszczyk, and you got a defense that can get after the quarterback. The San Francisco 49ers have shown themselves to be the most complete team top to bottom through the first two weeks of the National Football League. So that is the list. Those are the power rankings. Smalls, you're my accountability partner. So you. any omissions, any objections? Where, what about the Baltimore Ravens? I know you're really high on the Ravens. I know you're high on Lamar this year to potentially win the MVP. Where are the Ravens on the list? The Ravens are sixth. Okay. The Ravens are right on the outside looking in. I, I was impressed with the Ravens' win over the Cincinnati Bengals. And even though the Bengals are unimpressive through the first two weeks, it's more about how the Ravens did it with their offensive package and what Lamar uh, has been able to do with this wide-open sets and, and spread formations. I, I like the fact that he can go off schedule – when everybody is running downfield with those receivers, he can add lib, he can scramble, he can pick up first downs. Again, a key third down conversion, scrambling with his legs to close out that game right before the two-minute warning. Lamar Jackson, I'm telling you, once he gets more comfortable in this offense, he's going to start putting up video game numbers. Yeah, I think the number one thing that I take away from the power rankings this week is that we actually forget about how good the Niners were last year. They won 10 straight games to end the regular season. They had a disaster situation in the playoffs against the Eagles in terms of quarterback health. They instituted a new rule, basically, in the NFL because of it. And I understand that Brock Purdy is Mr. Irrelevant, but we forget he got hurt in that playoff game against the Eagles. We could be looking at a team that finished that season. Let's see. They finished with 10 wins in the regular season and then, what, however many wins they would have had potentially in the playoffs, plus the two this year. Mm -hmm. I actually think, even though you ranked them number one, even though you put them number one, I think we forget how great they were last year because what if Brock Purdy was healthy? What if he didn't get hurt against the Eagles? They may beat the Eagles, and who knows? Maybe in the rematch against the Niners, excuse me, against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, maybe they win, and maybe they become the Sour Patch Watermelons <laughs> of this show. We got Sour Rankings, Sour Patch Watermelons 1, Sour Skittles 2, and we got Power Rankings with the San Francisco 49ers. Number one. Coming up, did Kirk Cousins dash all Jets fans' hopes? We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, ESPNU, Sirius XM Channel 80, and all of our great stations all across the country, and the ESPN app. So Smalls mentioned Monday Night Football kind of having a little bit of an injury bug early on this season. Last night, we unfortunately saw the season-ending knee injury to Nick Chubb. A week ago, we saw the season-ending injury to Aaron Rodgers. Robert Sala, head coach of the Jets, met with the media yesterday after a three-interception game by Zach Wilson and had this to say about his now-starting quarterback. I think anyone who, watch, who, is watch, who watches football and you look at it from a global standpoint will see that he was, he's, been, he's so much improved in the pocket, his presence in the pocket. Um, I thought he delivered a lot of really good passes. Did he get away from him in the fourth quarter when I felt like he was trying to make a play with us being down three scores? I, yeah, he, he made a couple of throws that he didn't need to make. But uh, up until then, I, I felt like if, uh, if we could have just got them the damn ball uh, and gave them some more opportunities, I think it, uh, it, it would have – I think people would have seen that he was, he was playing pretty well up until, like I said, when, when it was garbage time and he was trying to force the ball. So uh, there he is on Zach Wilson. Now – uh, since the offseason, we have floated out the concept of an NBA-style expiring contract trade, right? <laughs> that's yeah. that's the best way that I can compare because we don't see it in the NFL. In other words, you may see James Harden at some point traded by the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, he doesn't want to be there, but he is an expiring contract, right? It is easier to make that kind of deal. We never see that in the NFL. We've suggested the idea, could Kirk Cousins be that guy out of Minnesota going somewhere else? Well, now the Jets become that possible home. Kirk Cousins, Vikings quarterback yesterday, was on with Freddie and Harry, weekdays 3P to 7P Eastern here on ESPN Radio, and uh, had this to say in response to the hypothetical of Cousins to the Jets. Here's the Vikings quarterback. I'm pretty much just focused on life here in Minnesota. i got enough to worry about with uh... – the Chargers coming this week, and uh, I understand people have to fill radio shows and, and talk sports and all that. And that's that's all well and good, but that's not really my job or my focus. So, um, you know, I'm focused on being with the Vikings, hopefully for as long as I can, and then my career here. Uh, very politically correct, smart answer, but I'll read into it because it's our jo- our job to do that. No doubt. He didn't say, guys. What, what, what are we talking about? An in-season trade? We never, When was the last time you saw a starting quarterback get traded in-season? He didn't poo-poo it. He just did the, 
I just got to, you know, just got to focus on all three phases here and just got to get better in all three phases. <laughs> you know, he went Belichick style. Yeah, he's playing the game, but yeah. I think he understands his situation financially. If any player in the <laughs> NFL understands the situation financially, it's Kirk Cousins. Right. And it behooves the Minnesota Vikings if they're not going to make the long-term financial commitment to him to trade him and get something for him, right? Because you're not going to let him walk into free agency unencumbered and get a compensatory third-round pick. We already know they can't franchise tag him. It'd be his third franchise tag and a cap hit of $52 million for the Minnesota Vikings. So they ain't doing that. So if you're Kirk Cousins, all you have to do is complete, continue to play good football and know that come week eight, right around the trade deadline, you're going to get traded to a team that probably has a chance to do something this year. And, oh, by the way, you're going to get a bag of cash. But right now, Kirk is off to a hell of a start. He's got the sixth best QBR in the NFL, and he's tied for the most touchdown passes through two weeks with six. So if Kirk keeps doing what he's doing, there's going to be a team that's quarterback starved that will talk themselves into giving up uh, premium draft picks in order to get Kirk Cousins' services. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is tier one at securing the bag. So I have no, no doubt, no doubt no that he's going to do it again. And he's in the perfect position. He's playing well, putting up the stats while the Vikings are struggling. He's not really the problem in Minnesota. So he's going to have options. He's going to surely continue that streak of getting all of that guaranteed money. But I believe him, guys, when he says that. Doesn't Kirk Cousins strike you as the person that does kind of have those blinders on? He's He's not unaware of what's happening around the National Football League, but I truly believe that he's somebody that would love to stay in Minnesota and that is really just focused on the team and what his job is. Yes, but. Yes, but. <laughs> no, here's the thing, Smalls. I think there's been enough. You think enu- I'm naive? No, it's not that. I think there's been enough conversation about this, and I think that the number, I, we have to double check on this. I want to say I saw something recently where the incoming number for a team is only $8 million. Yeah. Is that possible? Yeah. Because if that's the case, you could maneuver someone's contract in two seconds, right? The Jets could literally say, if we're going to use them as an example, they could say to Quinn and Williams, hey, we know we just have a big deal. We need to renegotiate. We're going to guarantee you enough money where we can go get this guy. And that can be done in two seconds. Yeah. Because what happens is, correct me if I'm wrong, CeCe, is that the player just gets more of the money up front – and then it creates more cap room. Yeah. So it's not like the team is spending more. They're just spending more. They're spending differently at a different time. So that's why the, when we always say the salary cap is fake, I think Smalls that Kirk Cousins realize, realizes excuse me, that he's in a very unique situation, that this never happens, where you have a quarterback entering into his final year of a deal. Nobody around the league is, de- is debating whether or not he's a starter. He's definitely a starter in this league. Yeah. This is not a Baker Mayfield in, year, in the last year prove-it kind of deal. I think this guy is smart enough to know this is as unique as it's ever been in the league. No doubt about it. Now, what makes this interesting, another layer to it, is that Kirk Cousins has a full no-trade clause. Mm. So Kirk Cousins gets to pick where he wants to go. Okay, wait a minute. i got to ask you. Would you think he would want to go to the Jets as is, knowing there may not be a future? No, I think Kirk Cousins is only going somewhere where he's going to get money. He's only going to agree to a trade knowing that the team is going to make the financial commitment necessary and – to, to keep him long-term, that's commensurate with his abilities. Kirk Cousins is seeing what all these other quarterbacks are getting, you know, 52, 53, 54, Joe Burrow, $55 million a year. Pat Mahomes just restructured his deal. Kirk Cousins wants to get north of $50 million. And based on the current quarterback market and what he's doing from a production standpoint, I'd have a hard time arguing against it, especially what he would represent to a team like the New York Jets, which is an opportunity to get back to the postseason for the first time since 2010. So it makes a lot of sense for the Jets to be interested. I think 
the Jets have to decide if they're going to go down that road, that they're going to make the requisite financial commitment that it would take. And I think that that means that you're probably talking about moving on from Aaron Rodgers in 2024. Um, just to add on to one thing, we did the power and sour rankings. I just want to add some sour responses here we've gotten here from people uh, at tweeting at Evco Radio, JRE Enterprises, Icebreaker Sours. He has number one. Never had him. Never okay, heard of neither him. have I. Uh, John Sample, Sour Patch Peaches, one. Sour Skittles, yes. two. Yes, sour- I co-sound the Sour Patch Peaches. They are outstanding. Nice. Okay, Sour Patch Watermelon, which Smalls has. Yep. Uh, sour gummy bears, which CC makes his own sour gummy yeah. bears, basically. Yeah, and number five, sour patch kids. And then Justin tweets out of Radio, warheads. Nah, that's oh, too much. Warheads, no. are, warheads are too intense for me. Okay. Uh, I mean, back in the day when I was in middle school, okay, cool. I'm, I'm all right with the warheads. Now, not so much. Yeah, warheads feel like masochism almost. Yeah, like you're exactly. punishing like yourself. You're doing it to yourself. Yeah. Right? Exactly. That, I don't remember. Is oh, that sour? You yeah. know how sour candies you're supposed to make the face? Yeah. When you eat a warhead, you're making the face. You're making the face, yeah. Wow. I yeah. like the make your own sour candy, the CC approach to that. I'm telling that you, you it'll take change the sour your life. kids and the gummy bears. Yeah, but not just any gummy bears. The Black Forest gummy bears, okay? Because there's a lot of people out here. That, All that, you imitation yeah, gummy the, the, bears the, the out Haribo there. gummy bears. Everybody's hey, talking throw about some that. respect on no, Haribo. No, no, no. Yeah. That's the wrong way to go. It's the Black Forest gummy bears. What's the other one? Albanese gummy, gummy bears? Never had them. Yeah, they're, they're just... Listen, do yourself a favor. If you're going to go gummy bears, get the Black Forest gummy bears with the Sour Patch Kids. It will change your life. And where are we with gummy worms? I think we have to just dissect that. I'm okay with gummy worms. You're okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with gummy worms. Are are we buying into, we know we're buying into gummy worms. Are we buying into the Chiefs and Eagles? Either one of them going back to the Super Bowl. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.